you know, there's there's comedy happening all around us all the time in the midst of really awful stuff. And I don't want to say comedy because I don't want to make light of that. But, you know, there is joy in laughter and and in pain. There is also joy to be found. Um, Sometimes it's harder to get to it, but it's there. We need all kinds of characters here on the aisle. And today is no exception, except, see what I did there, to say that this character we're about to talk to has created, developed, and interpreted a lot of characters as an actor, as a screenwriter, as a playwright, and an author. His name is Henry O. Arnold, and sometimes he goes by Chip, but we'll have to ask him about the process involved in earning that right. Um, And he's done it all. And while we don't have enough time to talk about all the things he's done, we're going to do our level best to try, beginning with his brand new book, The Singer of Israel. So let's give a warm misfit greeting to him right now. Welcome to the aisle, Henry. Thank you, Nancy. It's such a pleasure to be in residence at the aisle and be honored with the moniker of misfit. I like that. Oh, we wear it as a badge of honor. As, so, as, yeah. as you should. As so, you should. Yeah, because, you know, um, we and we make no bones about the fact that, you know, I come from, I'll say faith-based, but really I'm a, I come from a Christian worldview. And we know as Christians, we are, you know, the Bible says we're strangers, we're aliens, we're not of this world. So in that sense, we are misfits, but in the best possible sense. In the best possible sense, yes. Right. And we also, and we welcome all, right? Because God made all. So whether you have faith, don't have faith, you're welcome because God made you. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. We, yeah. <clears throat> no, I was just going to say, if we don't get you in Jesus, we at least get you through Adam and Eve. So, you know, we're all in like this it. community together. We're all in this together. I like it. I like the way you put that. So, yeah. So, uh, here we are. So, I'm I'm from Western New York near Buffalo, and you're from Nashville, correct? Nashville, yes. All right. How are things down in Nashville? Well, I try to stay out of the city as much as I can, and mm-hmm. we live on a farm uh, north of the city. And uh, but you know, we that our church is there, and my my work is there, and so um, we love Nashville. I'm, I'm a na- Nashville native. One of those. You're uni- a native. Yeah, you are yes, one of the. I am a unicorn, and um, so wow. <clears> I think there's like twelve city. of you. Yeah, <laughs> no. we're the chosen. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so being from new york i don't know if you encounter this especially as a native nashvillian right so like so from being from new york if i tell somebody like you yourself oh i'm from new york what do you automatically think well um i think it's a big state and i've been from buffalo i've never been to albany but i've been to buffalo and i've been to the heart in the interior of new york but i've also you know because i'm an actor uh i've you know made journeys to the city and uh enjoyed enjoyed friends and and uh and and church and theater in manhattan and you know it's great stuff great theater i wish i could i would go broke just going to see the plays i would love to see oh it's true you can go broke just getting a piece of pizza down there now so (laughs) yeah so all right so you had a very very uh open-minded level-headed uh large world view of new york state because i'll tell you usually when you bring up new you say oh i'm from new york 
What do yeah. they think? They think Manhattan. But you you mentioned that there's other parts of New York, right? There's <laughs> Albany, there's Buffalo, yeah. where I live. And and actually, right. maybe you know this because you're a theater guy. Buffalo is a big theater town. There's yeah. lots of theater here. Yeah, a lot of regional theater there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's those those are the prejudices. So, you know, like people think New York is all New York City, but no, there's right. a lot more going on in the state. So, yeah, Absolutely. so for Nashville, like, you know, I I've been there myself, so I know that this is not true, but I think a lot of people think, "Oh, Nashville, you're, you know, you're a cowboy, country singer, you know, yeehaw, right? right? But but you do I live do in not farm. own a pair yeah. of cowboy boots. Let's just really? make that clear right now. And they still let you live there? <laughs> Right. Nor do I have a cowboy hat. So All right. I'm calling know. the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> uh, well, we're glad to have you. So, yeah. And and you don't have an accent either. Well, yes, I can. I can put it on anytime it. you want to. There you go. <laughs> I hear it. Okay. So, this is, here's a fun fact. So, yeah, I was in Mississippi this summer uh, visiting my sister. So, yeah. speaking of accents. I was asking someone for help, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll help you. And so he asked me where I was from, and so I told him Buffalo. He says, I thought so, because I recognize you had an accent. So I thought that was great. Yeah. You see, we can detect yeah. accents in right. other people as well. Right. We all have an accent to somebody else. Moral of the story. So yes. speaking of stories, I want to talk about your story today. But before we do... Let's talk about your story a little bit. Mm -hmm. How's about that? Okay. You up for that? I am. All right, he's up for that. So this is the lead way we're going to do it. Lead me. All right, we're, <clears throat> this is how this is how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So we have a little tradition here. I gave you a little heads up. <laughs> we like to play what uh -oh. I call a stupid game. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Insert yeah. theme music right here. Right. So today's stupid game is all about your story because I lifted it off your own website. Oh no. <laughs> yes. Okay. So your job is to fill in the blank. I'm gonna feed you a little line and then you gotta finish it. All right? Okay. Can you do this? I will do my best. You will do his best. That's all we can ask you to do. All right. I didn't know there was going to be a test. but There's a test, go. yes. But you can't go wrong because unless somebody <laughs> checks it as they're listening, they're not right. going to know. So, and that will just drive them to your website. See? See how we operate <laughs> yeah, here? There we go. <laughs> okay. Sneaky, sneaky. All right. It all started at age three for you, right? Mm -hmm. So here it is. At age three, you saw your father play Billy Bigelow in Carousel. Right. Yeah. And he fell on his knife and died. Mm -hmm. What did you do? What did you do? I screamed bloody murder. It was awful. It was so traumatizing. My dad, did, not just dying on stage, but he did it to himself. And yeah, it, that is it, disconcerting. I mean, my uncle, uh, I was with my mom. She was had my baby sister in her lap, and my uncle was with us, and he had to carry me out. And... Um, and I was inconsolable until I saw my dad after the show backstage. And he's, you know, his typical jovial self meeting and greeting people as well as other actors back there. I just fell into he's his life. Just, yeah, he's alive. He's alive. So it was it was very traumatizing. Yeah, but what a relief to know. Oh, that, yeah. man, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, so that's when the acting bug bit mm -hmm. you or something? Yeah, well, bit no, you. it yeah. was a little Trauma later. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. later. That a was, little later. That was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, we'll get there. All right, so now I'm going to jump a few years ahead. So um, talking about your, your, uh, your professional life, the only job that you held for any length of time was what? 
from uh, at all. I'll give you a little more. From the yeah. age of 11 to 14. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was a paper boy. That is the longest job I've ever held. And um, I delivered morning and afternoon papers. And um, it was, you know, talk about an introduction into um, the big world for in the you know in the late early 60s and and um into the mid 60s and not just delivering the news which i thought was a sacred kind of job because you know people really wanted to have their papers but also just the the people on my route that i got to meet and and serve and and um you know be in daily uh, well almost daily contact with so yeah that was that was um up uh, up every morning at five delivering the papers and then every afternoon after school and there you go well i gotta congratulate you because you got me beat i had a paper route i think i was 13 and yeah. i don't know it was months maybe it might have lasted yeah. months i right. still have people that owe me money from that yes i'm gonna go collect yes right i knock yeah. every friday night and saturday morning i was knocking oh, yeah. on the door paper boy yeah. yeah it was before the day of you yeah. know, auto pay and all that right. kind of stuff uh -huh. yeah, you yeah. owe me that was yes um all right so this all right this is a free aside did you ever see uh what is it better off dead it's like my favorite scene. Um, no, no, it's a John, old John Cusack '80s movie, yeah, and there's like right. a there's a subplot where this paper boy's chasing him throughout the movie. He's like, "I want my two dollars," and it was like horror music it. playing in the background. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I should have I should have resorted to that. But okay, congratulations! <clears throat> Four years as a paper boy. That's yes. yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Okay, now we're moving on to 1989. Oh. 1989, you won $500 in the oh, yeah. What'd you do with that $500? <laughs> I, I bought my first computer. You yeah. First computer. Yeah, did, bought, yeah, all right, it was, did it weigh about 5,000 pounds? It did. And, yeah. It weighed about 5,000. Yeah. It took up half the room. And okay. um, But I could, I, I, it was kind of a bittersweet moment because I'd been working on a manual typewriter up until that time. And the sound of the click of the typewriter and the slam in the carriage back, you know, when it came to the end. Mm -hmm. And it just very gratifying. It was, yes. it was very gratifying. And and so um I you know, but I've made the transition and uh and it it's better. <laughs> but it was it was sad to see that typewriter go back up on the shelf in my shed. <laughs> you still have it? Yeah, I still have it. Okay. So nostalgia. Anytime you yeah. you know, take it up, put it like a little like <clears throat> acrylic encased, you know, no, it's it's, it's collecting it. dust yeah. and yeah. you know, um in the shed. So okay. I'm I'm not real nostalgic, but um I'll have a I had a twinge of grief mm -hmm. when I transitioned but then it's over <laughs> okay you're, you've moved on all right I so moved let's, on. let's move on so all right so all right before we move on i just have to say i'm surprised that you could buy a computer for 500 dollars in 1989 because well again, um, they, they were 500 pounds and like a million yeah, right. right well you know what yeah. i i i could i may have bought it for 800 dollars, but oh, the 500 that i can't your, remember yeah that was 500 all went to the purchase of the pu oh, computer sure. and the printer sure sure so, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, money well spent, mm -hmm. an investment in your career. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to get a little more esoteric. Uh, see, so this this was just something that just jumped out at me. So this is a quote. Regardless of one's art form, the character of an artist can be summed up in two ways. 
Mm. The ability to take risks mm-hmm. and to persevere. You got it. See, mm. you know, you know your own words. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, when you live it, you know it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, and I, I think I want to talk a little bit more about that because that's that's a powerful statement right there. And I think a lot of us. Um, yeah, I think whether we realize it or not, we're facing we're facing those two decisions right. every day. Right. Every day. Every, every day. day. Every day. Okay. I got one more and then maybe a bonus. Maybe we'll see. Okay. Okay. So this, uh, not a quote, but this, this one really jumped out um, at me and it'll be obvious to our listeners why, and then maybe you and I can talk about it. So um, says he intends on continuing his creative life pursuing what? Well, um, the, the, who we are, Mm -hmm. the truth and beauty of life, and who we are and how we live it. And I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think that's kind of close. That's Oh, yeah. that's You um, nailed it. That's it. So I'm going to tell you what jumped out at me is truth and beauty because yeah. that is one of our core values, which we haven't discussed yet. So here on the aisle, we have three core values. Number mm. one is to own your awkward, right? Because God wired us the way we right. are for a purpose on purpose. Number two is to love your fellow misfit. Yeah. They're on that same journey. Mm-hmm. And then number three is seek beauty and truth everywhere mm-hmm. because it's right. everywhere. Yeah, so it is. It's that. everywhere. It's everywhere. I love, love, love that. So, okay. I'm like, all right, let's do the bonus. All right. All this right. is just this is our segue, our segue into, I'm not going to say the real interview because this <laughs> is the real conversation we're having right here. This is it. Um, but all right, your final question. It's a this or that. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. And there's no okay. wrong answer. That's the beauty. Okay. All right. The truth of it. Comedy or drama? Um, uh, both. <laughs> okay, I didn't I can, tell you. I you can. couldn't answer that way. Yeah, so, okay. right, right. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. To be to be able to laugh in your tears, in your pain, is I think um, a key to a key component to having a a, um, a realistic view of what life is about. It's pain mm-hmm. and it's pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, intermingled. So years ago, maybe you remember this uh, because of what you do. There was a movie with Tom Hanks and Jackie Gleason called. Oh Nothing wow! Yeah. So the tagline for it was, "It's a comedy and a drama, just like life." Oh well. Oh yeah. There you there go. There you go. There, there you go. go. Right. Dramedy. I can't I think better they, than that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm with you because I think life is both at the same right. time simultaneously. Right. At the same time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The only person who probably didn't find it funny when they were going through tragedy was Job. And I'll mm. give Job his props. But yeah. you know, there's there's comedy happening all around us all the time in the midst of really awful stuff. And I don't want to say comedy because I don't want to make light of that. But you know, there is joy in laughter and and in pain. There is also joy to be found. Um, Sometimes it's harder to get to it, but it's there. It is there. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think uh, Mel Brooks, didn't Mel Brooks say something about uh, comedy is when you fall into a pit and break your right. arm and uh, <laughs> drama is when I, you know, uh, hurt my finger or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all interpretation. You can't say it any better than Mel Brooks. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but that's okay. But this is the story, right? This is our right. story. It's not one thing. It's not the other. I found, you know, God has a... He has a great sense of humor. My life is proof of that. Um, right. Um, but but in that context, there it's it's 
And it's not just drama. It's not, I mean, yeah, there's serious things. There's painful things. There's glorious things. Mm -hmm. There's inspirational things. There's, mm -hmm. there's things we need to learn. So story, it's all about story. Yep. Amen. Amen to that. So now I'm going to, I'm going to throw you another quote and just see if you, if you want to riff on it, uh, you certainly can. This is your show. Um, so I, this just stuck out to me too. Um, this was actually regarding this book that you wrote, mm. by the way, The Singer of Israel. And I, I, I all right, I'm just going to read it. The story must have the freedom to race with the pleasure that I could mm. never provide by forcing my will upon it. Absolutely. Talk about that. Absolutely. Um, well, I come from a theater background. And that is a community when you are, uh, when you are hired on as an actor, you're with, you know, a community of other artists who bring their talents, not just actors, but you, uh, you, your designers and, and, uh, and everybody, lights, costume, everything that goes into it. I just recently did a play. Quick aside, I just recently did a play called The Hiding Place. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. I want to talk about that, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a that was a, a uh, just a wonderful experience of about <clears throat> 15 actors and designers and construction crew, all of that. You come together in service of a story. So if any one of you is not bringing their A game, then the others have to, you know, kind of carry you along um and and but the 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 beauty of it is is that all these actors and designers and artists are in service of one thing and you cannot you cannot hold that back if you try to hold that back then the story doesn't get its full bloom and um, and what I have learned is to pay attention to everything else that's around me. Not it's not about me. It's not about mm. my characters. Mm. It is about it is about what the story is and how what I contribute to its clear telling. Ooh, and and um, and and so I trust that that's the other element. I trust the people around me. And, um, and and that they're doing their job and they are contributing to the same story that I am. So if anybody's trying to hold you back, uh, then the story does not uh, is not allowed to flower and thrive and mm -hmm. show its full truth and beauty back to those two words. So when I'm creating a that's that's a long convoluted way to say when I am writing a novel there's um I I see all these characters and all these circumstances and how I, if I try to corral them and say you've got to behave in a certain way uh and this is my story it's you know if I if I'm taking ownership and being possessive of them then um uh, then, you know, I can do that, I guess, but I would prefer to give them the freedom in my imagination to play out what is intrinsic to their character. Mm -hmm. 
an actor wants to know when he's got a when he's got a role he wants to know what's it's a you know it's a overused term but what is the motivation what is what do i want in each scene and what do i want at the end of the story and can and what obstacles are in my way to getting what i want and so i <clears throat> try to give the freedom to each character that's in my book or books and and say what do you want what do you want at the end of the at the end of the story and what do you want along the way and what are the obstacles in your way so how can i help you navigate to get what you want and that's kind of you know it's it's really fun because i'm you know i'm i'm dealing with a multitude of characters and they all have different motivations and desires and so allowing them the freedom to um pursue those desires is really i think my job and describe and describe what happens I'm just kind of watching. I know this sounds maybe weird, but it's in my imagination. I'm just watching these people play. <laughs> and it, it's like a director watching his actors play. And so. Right. You're just, yeah, you're just saying, you're just, like you said, you're telling what you see. That's what a good writer does. Service, right? Yeah. Right. I am in yeah. service to the story. It's no yeah. different whether I'm an actor or whether I'm a writer. I'm in service yeah. to the story. So, yeah, I mean, you said. You said a whole lot there, and I'm writing down these key words that you said. You know, so the the first thing, and I don't, I don't even think you said this word, but this is what this is what it prompted in me: expectations. Right? We have expectations. Yeah. What's our motivation? Is what we expect to happen. Right. It's, yeah, it's the thing that you know. What do I want? And <clears throat> you know, you're. It shows up in story because it shows up in our story, right? So I have expectations. <laughs> I have yeah. things that I want. And then you talked about obstacles or being held back. Oh, my gosh. We could spend the next half hour oh, just talking about that because what do you do, right? So there's that freedom to let other people live out their story. But what do you do when their freedom seems to infringe on your freedom to mm -hmm. live out your story? And yeah. that's a real thing. It that's is. a real thing. How do we deal yeah. with that? Right. right. I don't know. Right. You got any answers? I, I would love, yeah. You got any help I think here? there's, I, yeah. I think one of the things that I love about uh, these these novels that I've written, um, and specifically now this one we're talking about, the Singer of Israel, is the unpredictability of life. I think when we read the Bible, we think, oh well, they all knew what was going on. Right. Well, they didn't know any. They were as clueless. Right. They as hadn't we read the today. Bible yet. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They didn't have the Bible. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's. I, I think the unpredictability of life is what I like to see happening in um, in in the stories that I've written. So, you know, and to be honest about what is my response to that unpredictability, mm. uh, or, or or to those circumstances in life that surprise me. Right. Right. You know? We're yeah. constantly being surprised. Yeah. And you know. Yeah, and those surprises may be welcome surprises. They oh, might yeah. be happy, yeah. or they might be oh yeah, Ooh, no Can I take that one back? But <laughs> yeah. but such yeah. a good point because it's not so much what happens to us, right? It's it's our response. Yeah, to what happens. Yep. So all right, so let's talk about all right. So this is a story about David, a familiar yeah. character in the Bible. So mm -hmm. um, his story is you know it's kind of already been written. So you're taking right. a story that we already know, but bringing. Uh, what would you say? A new perspective, filling in some blanks. What? Let's let's talk about that. 
I think that, you know, because David is so familiar, we think we know everything about him. We think we know everything about a lot of these characters in, in the Bible, and yet... When I sit down and talk to people and say, well, did you know that David had to do this or that this happened? And they go, no, I just know that uh, he killed a giant and he became a king and he slept with Bathsheba. And that's about it. And so, you know, um, uh, they they don't, th- there's a, so much that we think we know, uh, but we really don't know. And I'm not, you know, that that's just the way it is. But what I want to do is get into the hearts and the minds of my characters that the Bible doesn't often do. The Bible tells um, uh, more of a straight narrative of facts and circumstances and and results of choices, good and bad, um, all of that. But <clears throat> as far as getting into the motivations that we talked about earlier of what Michael, you know, uh, David's first wife, what was she like? What did she want? Um, the, the, what was really going on in Saul's descent into madness and how he, you know, how his choices drove him further into uh, a darkened state. Uh, what motivated Samuel to struggle with anointing two kings, not just one, but two, and knowing that he was being displaced. He was being moved out of, after being the most powerful person in that entire nation, he is displaced. What does that do to you? What does that do to your, you know, your heart? Um, Shira. Who was I made her out of whole cloth, who was the wife of Samuel. She is never, you know, he had to have a wife because they had two boys. She never gets even mentioned as Samuel's wife. So in a way, I had a beautiful time creating her out of, you know, just out of nothing. Um, and And all of these different characters, I get to... Um, I get to go deeper into their hearts, their psyche, and what desires they had in trying to navigate and stay true to the Bible, stay true to the facts that that we know that are in the Bible. I don't change any of that. But how do you maneuver from one incident to another that we're familiar with and see, expose their hearts? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, really what you're talking about is, you know, history, right? And yeah. and a lot of times history, we distill it down to dates and times and right. 15, 1492, Columbus mm-hmm. sailed the ocean yeah. blue. Um, but he was a person, right? Yeah. And and this is what you're doing. You're you're taking what a good historian does and lo- looking through the lens of oh of humanity. These are people that exactly. had Exactly. E.L. Doctorow, the great American hist- historical fiction writer, he said if you want to if you want to know what um what happened, then you pick up a history book. If you want to know why and mm. what motivated the people to do it, then you pick up a novel. Mm. And so mm-hmm. um that gives a, you know, that and we're not trying I'm not another thing that I do not do in my books and it's uh, that is a willful choice is that i'm not trying to make any moral points i leave that to preachers and theologians they got you know they got mm-hmm. full time jobs doing that i i'm not interested in that mm-hmm. i am interested in telling giving a, a 
a comparative um, uh, a character that is compared to our own human likeness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that if I can be like you know have a relation uh, have am able to relate to a character of David and Saul and Samuel and Michael and and Saul's wife Ahinoam and Shira if I can relate to these men and women of the Bible that we some we know nothing about and then others we know a lot about then that's that is well I said it recently the it, we're able to get into the secret inner life of a character that's 3,000 years old in stories that are 3,000 years old and the past becomes the present because we understand who they are Right. And yeah, because some things don't change, right? There's a some, common thread nothing, that runs. Yeah, right. nothing changes. Culture, yeah. it transcends culture, it transcends time. It's all of that. Yeah, so I think that's really important, actually. And that, that's that's a value that I share um, as, you know, even even in my writing or even in my approach to a lot of things. Like, And I'm not saying there's no such thing as right or wrong, right? We already said right. uh, we, we start, you know, our baseline is, yes, we come, our worldview is decidedly Christian. So, all right, there you go. Right. But from there, I think it's really important because even Jesus did this, that when we're telling <laughs> stories, we treat people like adults, that they can draw right. their own conclusions, that we don't have to feed the answer to them. Let right. them wrestle. Let them think about it. Let them ponder, say lie, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so, because if I tell you the answer, even if you agree that it's right, I might have robbed you from the process of, of that of that struggle to get there, right? And I think that's that's part of the you know the the that's the struggle in in um, in contemporary. Uh, contemporary Christianity is that we are either want to be spoon fed or we feel like we have to spoon feed. And I, I'm just not, uh, that ain't me. Right. Well, and, that ain't um, Jesus either. That's yeah, not what that's he did exactly that in right. his parables. He's and like, okay. he had, you know, he, it got him in trouble in some places and, and because others. What if know? somebody misunderstands you? Oh, I know. Interprets? It. Oh, I know. What are we it. going to do if yeah, they don't can you come imagine? away with, yeah. Yeah, can you imagine the the rancorous response that he would get on social media today? <laughs> oh, and 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 he does. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm I'm out there. You know, um, I I've 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 greatly diminished my social media, but I still am on one of the platforms. Um, right. But even there, you know, you see people that their interpretation of Jesus is through their worldview, whether it's socialism yeah. or communism or capitalism or right. thisism, thatism, you know, John Lennonismismism. Yeah. But um so people still do that today. And I guess that's our right as as adults to do that. And but this is where we I think go awry sometimes. Because of that we get worried that well maybe if I let them do that, then that means there's no such thing as right or wrong. But right. we know that the truth, the truth always rises. Absolutely. To the, top. the truth, Absolutely. The, the light shines in the darkness, even when the darkness doesn't understand it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the prologue of the Gospel of John. Yep. So you hit it. You well, hit it. There we go. End of there story. Done. <laughs> <laughs> but I, truly, I think that's so important. And, um, yeah, so so like like I said, we know where, you know, we know David's story, um but you're kind of you're giving us a a glimpse, like a a bigger picture of like who this, you know, who this could be in your sanctified imagination. Um let me ask you this. 
what of yourself do you see in David? I know, unfair, right? No, it's not. I mean, no, <laughs> no, it is fair. It is fair. What I'm saying is I am all too close to being like David. Um, there is a, except the king, the king aspect, that, that that's not me, but the, the, there is the, the courageous aspect of David that is willing to take risks. There is the um, impulsive side of David that, that gets him into trouble when he makes stupid choices and even bad, sinful choices. Um, there is the compassionate side of David who wants to um, care for the the men that he, you know, serves and and the as a king, as a shepherd. You know, it starts there as a shepherd. There's um, I'm, I could go on and on, but and but I guess the biggest thing is the brokenness of David. Mm -hmm. The um, uh, you know the uh, the things that happened to him that forced him to persevere as he fled from Saul for probably 10, 12 years, was on the run. <coughs> His uh, being a last-born child, that's not me, but being a last-born child and, and the runt of the litter and and how he's catapulted into this, into this world that he's not really prepared for um, and how he tries to navigate that, the 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 times of being frightened the times of just terrible loneliness the times of how do i lead these people i mean just the the complexity of the life that he had to live is very um it it i it, it resonates with me on a very deep level and and so I'm constantly, as I'm reading the Psalms and and thinking about David, um, I'm just I'm able to relate in so many different ways that I hope comes through as I, you know, go into the inner life of David and uh, and and try to illuminate. Um, those shadows and nuances and complexities that will touch all of every reader who reads it. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can't help, you know, we see ourselves and other people. And the, and the thing is, I'm sure as as a writer, actor, you you know this, you've known this well, that the things we see most clearly in other people tend to be things that we see in ourselves. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, yeah. I, you know, when you as many act characters as I've played over my life and my career, I have I have to find even the most despicable ones. I have to find um, <clears throat> places that <laughs> are compatible in my own, you know, in my own nature with, you know, the 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 bad guys. Uh, you know, I can't always yeah. play. Oh, good nobody guys. wants. Yeah, nobody wants to go there. Do this. Like, right. No, I'm not like yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but there is that common thread of humanity right. that we it all is. share. Yeah. So, what about David? Would you like more of in your life? 
more of um i what guess about him yeah yeah i mean I, I i guess there's you know i want that i want to um uh, the man after god's own heart i think that's what i uh, how do you how do i i don't want to say achieve that that's not that's not something that is uh that is you know you take these 10 steps and you get to right. be a man yeah. after god's own heart that's yeah. that's that's you know that's yes. the that's, 25 yeah. uh, no fail <laughs> Steps right, to right. Spiritual, yeah. yes. Right, yes, 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 yeah. There, there are enough self-help books out there that, that can lead you astray on that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to. But um, I think that is just having that heart for God, the mm -hmm. passion for God, yeah. and say, God, here's my mess. Only you can clean it up. And thank you for doing. Thank you for loving me enough. To rescue me from myself and uh, because I am a mess and you know and there's only one person who can clean it up yeah and I say yeah not like that I'm agreeing that you're a mess because yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all of us you can all agree us, we're all, all of you out there in misfit land I, I see all of your hands raising because we are all that's why we need jesus right because if righteousness yeah. could be gained through observing the law and being perfect well then we really wouldn't need yeah. jesus then would right. we so right. so yeah yeah to to get to that place of knowing our need knowing that yep i can't do this and i mm -hmm. need you and yeah being that man, that woman after God's own heart, that's that's what it comes down to. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I like it. I like well, it. That's the way I want to live. Yep. Well, that's the way I try to live. So. Yep. Yep. That's, and that's a, that's a great thing to aspire to. So, um, all right. So I'm going to shift gears just a little bit here as we're coming in for a landing. Um, so, so this book, the singer of Israel is actually the third book, right? Yeah. You know, this is a series of, this books. is a so, series. Yeah. This is number three of five. It will be a quintet at quintet. the end of the day. And, um, so I'm, I just turned in book four and, uh, I've got to write something else before I can get to book five. And once I get that done, then uh, I will be done with what is called the Song of Prophets and Kings, which is the title of the series. And, nice. Uh, so this is your middle child of your books. This is my yes. middle child. Yes. I will Jan have five Brady children. Of your books. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm the Jan Brady of my family, so everything always comes back to that for me. So. I love it. Yeah, well, that's great. So you have more coming. That means we can have another conversation down the yes, road. Yes, we that's, can. Yeah. Yes, we can. So, well, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. So, um, and all right, I and now I'm going to veer off in, into just one other seemingly unrelated question, <laughs> but because I, I um, alluded to it before, um, the hiding place. You did yes. that this summer. Yes. So, um, and uh, from what I hear, it was widely acclaimed. I wish I had been down there to see it, to see your performance. Um, so here's my question about that. Having, you know, I imagine it was months of rehearsal and production mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, what did you see in it and through your experience? Are, are you seeing any parallels to any, any takeaways for us today? I guess I'll put it that way. Parallels um, to what? Not my book or to life? Or... Yeah, that was kind of broad, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, yeah. I guess I'll let you interpret that. I guess where I was coming from, just 
someone that was coming to see it just with where we are in our culture in this in moment culture, in history right, right. What, yeah. what what might be a takeaway? What was a takeaway for you from your experience? How easily human beings can be deceived. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, it was, it was, it was a, it, it was kind of astounding to me. And, and that not only that, oh, that's on one level. And then the second level, how the Ten Boom family um, was able to, navigate through powers that were greater than them oppressing them and primarily the jewish people how they were nav- they were able able to navigate that awful time and be a light in the darkness to be a um to stay true to that even though it cost them, it, except for Corey Tim Boom, it cost her sister's life and her father's life mm-hmm. and her brother's life. Corey Tim Boom was the only one who survived that. Right, right. And they right. took that stand and they stayed true to that. And, and in spite of all the horrible oppression and cruelty that took place during that time. So that there's a, such a this great deception, and then there's also light. It's like going back to the prologue of John, right. in the in in the you know, the darkness could not comprehend what the light that was in Jesus that was shown through right. the Ten Boom family. Right, couldn't comprehend it, and also could couldn't. not snuff it out. Right, and no, that's no, and that's it. So. Yeah, and so so this this kind of beautifully brings us back full circle to what what we began this conversation talking about story, right? Mm-hmm. Navigating through that story, you, you you talked about you know we come together to serve a story, a story that's not about us, right? right. It's about bigger, it's bigger than us, and letting other people live their story. And sometimes there are going to be obstacles right. to the story, right? Because Absolutely. look at the Tamboom family, all the yeah. obstacles they faced. People that had they were, were diametrically opposed to not just them living their best life, but to the truth, right? Yeah. Just just living in darkness, and yet they trusted in the storyteller, right? They trusted in their maker, the author and perfecter of their story. Um, so right. to 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 just live it out faithfully, Absolutely. without yeah, and wow, wow. Wow is right, and I will put in a plug. The, the we sh- we shot the um, uh, th- there will be a movie of this, and mm. it, the, they shot the stage production on film, and it will be released um, May third. It will be in select theaters in select cities, and then it will be available uh, after that on various streaming platforms. That's all I can tell you. Okay. All right. Um, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. That's uh, exciting. May 3rd. I'm tuning in. Yeah. I'm there. May 3rd. And, May 3rd. and um, write that so, down. Save the date. Save the date. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, wow. Very exciting. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Henry slash Chip, that is my last question for you. What is the process? What is the application? Like, who calls you Chip? Just the, your, your, your <laughs> bestest friends? Like, yeah. So, I know Henry's your author name. 
Right. Um, yeah. Chip is an is a nickname that my maternal grandmother gave me because I was off the old block. And, the old block. Uh, there you go. My dad was Henry O. Arnold the second, and I'm Henry O. Arnold the third. Is there so, a fourth? No. No, because you have daughters, right? I have yes. daughters. You have daughters, and you I did not have Henry. And no, okay. I couldn't I, or yeah. Henrietta. They would. Henrietta, they would, you could have done yeah. that. I could have done that, but they would have, they would have, yeah, dad, <laughs> you cursed me. <laughs> so, yeah. So they broke the mold. Yes. They broke the mold. And I am so proud of those girls and my wife and all of that. So, and we got two, they married two handsome men and we got three above grab average grandchildren. So yeah. Wonderful. Um, and you don't even live in Lake Wobegon. And I don't yes. even live in Lake Wobegon. <laughs> Oh, well, Henry, this has just been such a pleasure talking it's, with you. And uh, before I let you go, I just want you to tell people how they can find you, how they can find this book. Um, HenryOArnold.com is the website. Um, if you go to the website on the homepage, you'll find a selection of icon buttons. You just punch the one that you want and um, where whichever you know, works best for you. This also available in bookstores. Um, you may have to call the bookstore and make sure it's on the shelf, but to wherever you're located. And um, it's audio uh, version of it that I read and also the print and um, and the, the um, electronic. There so, you go. There you go. Henry O. Arnold dot com look it up then you can test his answers to the stupid game make sure you got them right <laughs> right and um yeah and get that book so henry thank you so much for joining Nancy, us today, this so. has been such fun thank you have for having me welcoming on welcoming me on the isle of the misfits you are welcome back anytime <laughs> So mark your calendar, May 3rd, The Hiding Place stage production on film in select theaters. Don't miss it. Meanwhile, you can check out Chip slash Henry at HenryOArnold.com where you can find his book and fact check today's stupid game all about Henry's life. And as long as you're in fact checking mood, Check us out at isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of misfits.com to see if we're really all as awkward as we're cracked up to be. Come for the fact-checking. Stay for the great podcasts, blogs, and so much more misfit fun. And we've got more to come. So stay tuned. Keep owning your awkward. Keep loving your fellow misfit. And keep looking for beauty and truth. Because it's out there.